welcome to Lashes, Love, and Life with Courtney and Brooke. Come Come grow grow with with us. us. We're getting so good at that. Heck yeah. Okay, guys. So um, today we are going to talk about our relationship and kind of everything we've gone through. Um, We've been together um, since we were like, what, 15? Yeah, just little babies. Little tiny babies. So we're just going to kind of go through um, our relationship and tell you like the good and the bad and the ugly and the comeback and the amazing stuff. So (laughs) here we are. Um, Okay, so how we met. So I was kind of hanging out with one of Brock's friends and I wouldn't even call it dating just because at 15 you can't really date a lot. Um, we were just kind of like interested in each other, but, um, yeah, so I was hanging out with him and a couple of my friends and, uh, my buddy wanted to go see her. And so we were walking up to the friend's house that she was at and, uh, we got there. There was, was there another kid there? Was that whose truck was there? Who's so, yeah, it was an, it was one of my friends guys. She was talking to his truck. Yeah, and I was like, dang, who's this beautiful girl? <laughs> that's what I think I said to my buddy. Is that what I said? Yeah. I, and, and, and he was like, dude, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> I think he said, dude, that's Courtney. And that's the go, girl I'm dating, yeah. Courtney, Courtney. And he's like, yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't even remember how it came about, but then Brock introduced himself to me. As I'm Brock Mother Effin Warden. (laughs) (laughs) I was super cocky back in the day, I guess. (laughs) It's fine. Um, But I was just like, okay, um, nice to meet you. (laughs) And a little bit of a background. I was super, super innocent. Like, I was the girl who went to church every Sunday at this point and didn't really have any life experience. Well, and then I was on like the complete opposite side of that where like I had already gotten probably 20 tickets from for just <laughs> getting into trouble being a hoodlum running you know? around <laughs> and uh I was I was already I don't know I was a little bit ahead of all the junior high kids when it came to like the partying and stuff I think yeah and so this was the summer before high school that I met Brock so, so I opposites. was yeah so I was what we were 14 14, 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so um, <laughs> I had stopped hanging out with the friend. Oh, well, before that, we went to homecoming together, but not as a couple. <laughs> yeah, she went with my buddy and I went with another girl. So we have a high school picture. Um. <laughs> but but just so you guys know, we we always knew, like... We, I think we were still looking at each other. Like, the, there was times where, like, we'd catch each other's eye. We always knew that we loved each other. Even from that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we went to homecoming with different people. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I that's just the funniest picture. Our daughter found it the other day. Not the other day, a couple months ago. And was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> so, it's just hilarious. Anyways... Um, so then after homecoming, Brock and I were just really, really good friends and had been friends. Um, and then we like, Brock called me one day and we were like hanging out by ourselves and we like randomly made out one time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
It's great. Just the most random weird thing. Yeah. I don't know what we were thinking, but like Brock said, we obviously... Oh, I know what I was thinking. <laughs> I wanted to make out with you. Oh, there you go. Um, but obviously, we, like Brock said, we obviously were interested in each other from the beginning, regardless of what we really knew yeah. what we were doing, right? Yeah, I remember there was a time when we were younger where, like, me and this the same kid she went to homecoming and then another kid were kind of like competing for a little bit uh and she uh we she asked for some chapstick one time and so me and this other kid tried giving her some and she put it on both of her lips and the kid was like dang who would kiss you after that i was like i would (laughs) but but i i i always knew that like i could beat those kids out anyway so it didn't matter it was always you babe yep i'd win you over every time so um because we were so young like i kind of want to put in something here um people always talk about how when you're so young you can't be in love and i like my personal opinion is that like this is your purest form of love yeah it's like an untainted like you haven't been through people's bullshit yet yeah you haven't been hurt you haven't had your heart broken you're not really thinking about real life you're not really like you're in it just for that love yeah almost that's all it is is it's just like you're all in you dive in and it's it's kind of consuming and i'm not saying that this is the healthiest form of love but when you're that young it does it like consumes you and it becomes like like your life at that point yeah when you're so young it's just the most important thing right yeah it it feels like the most important thing and it definitely like with me and Courtney it was the best thing you know what I'm saying there's also times I think where you should focus on yourself it all just depends I think you can find love for sure when you're young uh I think sometimes it takes more other people more time right and also, really quick, too, I do want to add a quick disclaimer about this episode. I am I was going to say this at the beginning, but I kind of just forgot until now. So we're going to kind of get into, like, some hard stuff we've gone through. So we're going to kind of touch on addiction, and then we're also going to touch on, like, pregnancy loss. So we're just throwing this out there. If, like, that's something hard you're going through right now, then um, just you're warned. Yeah. Okay. And even if you are going through it right now, you're warned, but maybe you should still listen because it, it's, I think it's helpful to, to talk to people. That's what the thing about going and seeing a therapist, it could be very, very good for you, but, but really getting the tools from anybody and talking to anybody can do just the same thing Yeah, if gaining, you utilize it. Yeah. Gaining your perspective, right? Like it, even if it's not something you necessarily agree with, it's still good to hear yeah. others' experiences and perspective. So Okay, so we were kind of that annoying, funny couple in high school where we would break up over dumb things and then be back together like two days later. Yeah. Um, We did have a couple like major breakups where we broke up for a couple of months. Yeah, like I moved to Oregon one time. Um, for the summer, right? Yeah, for the summer. And But I came back and we basically got back together a week after I got back. I don't know. We definitely, we always, anytime we ever broke up, we always found our way back to each other somehow. Yeah, we like gravitated towards each other. 
Yeah, like I came back from Oregon and I go over to this place and she made cupcakes for this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say, it, but <laughs> she made cupcakes for this kid and I was like, what the hell? Well, I didn't know you were going to be there. Yeah, my buddy was like, hey, we're going to go up to this house and I knew Courtney was going to be there. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> but yeah, but either way, I still made her drive me home that night. And then we probably made out. I don't remember, but I'm sure we did. Anyways, yeah, it just was, yeah. Yeah, was, going through it, on and off, on and off. Uh, we, were, we were breaking up a lot from, she didn't like that I smoked pot back when I was a, a young one. And honestly, when you're when you're a kid, so my views on weed, I'm, I'm for it medically. and But as far as when you're young and you're growing, there's, your mind is still developing and to have it clouded all the time. It's just not, it's not beneficial. And it, it you, you can't prioritize quite yet. You haven't learned how to prioritize your priorities are school and smoking weed or whatever your, whatever your vice is, you know what I'm saying? Um, hanging out with your friends. Like those are the things that are imp- very important to you. And so it's hard. It's hard to prioritize when you're young and you're smoking weed all the time. Right. It's like, like moderation, right? Like as an adult, like you can sit here and say, oh, I need it to help me sleep. And like people are prescribed it to help them sleep or for appetite or whatever it may be. And like, as an adult, you can like sit here and say like, I'm using it for a purpose instead of Hey, I want to get high. Yeah. Well, or you can even use it. You can even say you're using it recreationally because there's other things like that in this world too that are way worse off for you. You can say you're using it recreationally, but prioritize it and learn to learn to do other life shit before you right. put a lot of focus onto something like that. Right. But as a kid, you don't have those priorities. Yeah, you don't. So that was my only point. So, um, after high school, so I wanted to go to college. I was going to, I was studying fashion design. I graduated a semester early and was doing online classes, but the campus itself was down in Vegas. So, um, I moved down there in November of 20, geez, what year? 2009. This was after another breakup, by the way. Yeah. So we were broken up and I was like, I want to get out of here. And that's when I decided to make the move down to Vegas. Yeah. I don't even think I knew at this point that she was going. Yeah. So then my parents drove me down. I signed the lease, um, had taken some stuff down, but school didn't start for like another two or three weeks. Like, the new semester didn't start for a couple of weeks. So I came back up, and Brock and I, again, like, we always gravitated towards each other. <laughs> well, and I'm I'm impulsive, too, and so when she came back, she was telling me she was going to Vegas. I was like, can I come? <laughs> and like, I don't think even then we really, like... Knew what we were doing. Knew what we were doing. I don't even think it was like, we're going to be back together and we're going to live together. I think it was like... Hey, I'm gonna come down here and hang out, and then like it kind of turned into you I'm living here, living down there. Yeah. So, um, we still were in like an unhealthy relationship as far as like I was drinking a lot. Um, we were arguing about a lot of the same things. Uh, we never, we never learned at this point. We couldn't figure out how to come to conclusions. We we just argued to the point of exhaustion. 
right. or a failure. It felt like we failed and we'd leave, you know what I'm saying? And so we just never, ever at, at that point in time could figure out how to get through an argument without being pissed off at each other for three days. Yeah. And our fights were a lot of times the same things. Like it would be, I don't even know specifically, I can't even remember, but like it would start with something else and it would always lead back to the same fight. So like we always were continuously having the same fight. Like Brock said, we never ever resolved a fight. Like it would end with one of us storming off or whatever. And we would like not talk for a couple days and then we would pretend like nothing happened. Yeah, and I don't think you anybody realizes in a fight, like you, you think just the other person's wrong. You're just like, this person's wrong because they're mad at me or whatever the case is. But in reality, you're we're both wrong in, in some, not, not all the time, but for the most part, when you're in an argument, both of you have a little bit of ground to catch up and meet in the middle um, in order to work through those things. Right. Um, so being a little bit naive, I think kind of in both of our heads, like we were thinking, Oh, when we get married, like things things will will be better. Yeah. Things will be better. Like this will not be an issue. This whatever. Well, and I think I saw a pattern of like at that point, every, any time that something big happened, like a move, um, our relationship when I, after I'd come back from Oregon, any time like that, our relationship would be really, really good for for a little while until it got bad, you know. And so, I seen that, and it, it, I always was just like, oh, yeah, maybe if we got married, all of a sudden it'll just like be good again. Yeah. So we got married in August of 2010. So we were both 19. I had just turned 19, and you were a couple months away from 20, but we were both 19 when we got married. Um, and we moved back from Las Vegas to um, our hometown. We were living with family um, in November of 2010. Yeah, um, and, and we we thought that marriage would be something that changed it. But in all honesty, we were fighting. Like literally the day before we got married, we got in an argument. We were still, I'm pretty sure even right after we got married, we were still fighting about all the same stuff. So one big thing in life doesn't change all the things you're going through. It may, you may think it does, but it won't. Right. We weren't like addressing the real problems. We were kind of just band-aiding it to get through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were living with family. Um, I was working in a call center at this time. Yeah. I was drinking and partying. (laughs) Yeah. And like at this point, like friends were, yeah, friends were a priority to me. Um, even that lifestyle felt like a priority to me. Like, just, I, I thought that was, to me, it didn't, I don't know. I didn't think that it was even changing me. You don't really see that stuff until you're out of addiction or out of all of that, all of the mess. You really don't see how much it affects your life and how much it really changes the person you are. Whether it makes you go to a party and be more outgoing. That's not who you're supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? If that, if it, if that's what it makes you do and you feel like that's right, it's not who you are and it's not real and it's not going to satisfy you or make you feel. Yeah. You get like temporary happiness. from Exactly. So, um, we were basically fighting every single day. Like, I mean, again, I can't remember what our fights were about, but 
a lot of it, like I said, my priority was friends. So a lot of it was even just how much I hung out with my friends and wasn't with my kids. And so here's the thing. If I was... You didn't have kids at this point. Oh. But how, I guess, yeah. So at this point I was just partying and I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking for a future. I was just like, yeah. So I think for me, I mean, again, I can't remember specifics, but I think like I was working and we were living with family and I think I always just kind of wanted like more of the stability and all these things. And I remember talking with Brock and like being like, well, like we would always do the comparison game to other couples and stuff. And he'd be like, well, so-and-so is okay with it. And so-and-so, but like, that's just kind of never what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that's kind of what our main fights were. We're about like moving towards something, I guess. Yeah. And I don't even think I know what I wanted. I think I was just real confused. So as far as my future, it was, it was wherever life took me. Right. So we weren't really progressing, um, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, at this point I knew what I was doing, but I, me and Courtney, I, I, it, it, we say it was a breakup, but things like that happened in our relationship all the time where we're like, we're done. I'm, I'm done. And then for a night we don't talk and then we'll talk the next day. And so one time that happened and I, uh, hooked up with another girl and cheated on Courtney and that in my head, the thing is I cheated on Courtney. Like that's the way, that's the way it is. But in my head, I was making an excuse and and you guys, I'm not that person anymore. That's why I can talk about it now with Courtney and I'm, I'm not who I was then. And so I know now that what I did, I, I cheated completely, but in my head, I made an excuse for it. We broke up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the way I, rationalized it in my head. And I, like I said, I was confused. Me and Courtney were fighting all the time. No excuses for what I did. I wasn't, I didn't feel happy and satisfied. And I cheated on Courtney, which honestly doing something like that, you guys. So there's already been things that I've needed to work on to build Courtney's trust. But at first I did not realize like, how much trust I had to build and, and why it was so hard to build. You know what I'm saying? Like in my head, I was just like, I should be able to build this back in an instant. Like I should, uh, I'm doing the right thing in my head. I knew I would never do something like that again, but I didn't understand that you can't do that for somebody else. You can't just because I know that doesn't automatically put that trust in somebody else to just trust you. And you need to realize that if you do something to hurt somebody like that, you work your ass off every day until that person can trust you. And honestly, what me and Courtney have and the trust that we have, I'm super blessed and thankful to have it now because she has every reason to trust me. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't give her the reason back then. And if if she had to work on it for 10 years, then that's what I would have done, you know, like, and that's what anybody should do because you're the one who fucked that up. Right. So, and like, even back then, um, I mean, I was obviously hurt and there were parts of me that hated Brock. Um, but there, there's always been a part of me that loved him no matter what. Um, and even in those bad times, like 
yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute, but I'm like, but even in those bad times, like there's always been a part of Brock that has been like this person who's been an, like an amazing person. So like Brock is saying, like you can make bad decisions and all those things, but at the end of the day, like Brock's soul is still good. So I just wanted to like put that out there because that's not an easy thing to admit or talk about, um, when you do mess up. So when I found out about that, um, that happened over a weekend and I filed for divorce, like I think the next Wednesday. So it was like pretty immediate, um, because we were so young and because we had no assets, um, it was finalized in 30 days. And the week that we, or the week that I had filed divorce papers, I had like spotting and kind of assumed that that was my period um, and was just kind of blew it off like saying because of stress or because of like the emotional toll of this week, like I'm obviously just not going to have a full period. Like in my head, again, I was 19 and I maybe even then I knew, <laughs> I knew it was a possibility, but in my head, I think I was in straight denial. <laughs> It's funny how you can tell yourself something and just believe it. <laughs> right, totally. So, um, because, like I said, because we had no assets, it was finalized in 30 days. At this point, I had missed a period. But again, straight denial, saying it's not possible. Like, I haven't even had sex since my last period, which was my spotting. And so, I just basically was like, there's no way. There's no way I'm pregnant. There's no way. And we knew this time, like I know we talked about how we got back together a bunch of times. We knew this time was it. Like like in our heads, we were like, we're not getting back together this time. Oh, I, yeah. I knew after this one, after I just, we just knew that we weren't getting back together. Yeah, we were, I mean, we were both done. Like I said, there were parts of me that hated Brock and I wanted nothing to do with him. Um, and because we were high school sweethearts and because we had like mutual friends, I would hear so many things of what he was doing. Yeah, well, and, and I, my reaction to getting divorced was party. Yeah. And, like, this is when Facebook started to become super, super popular. That really ages us. <laughs> <laughs> but it got really, really Remember popular. Remember when MySpace was popular? Yep, I do. That was high school days, babe. Um, so then I started to get sick. And... I remember vividly, I walked into a Maverick gas station and I literally threw up in my mouth a little bit from the gas station food smell. Gross. That's good. <laughs> and I went and got a pregnancy test and was like, all the swear words. Like, I can't even tell you all the swear words I was saying. I was crying. I don't even know. Um, but I took the pregnancy test and you know how you're supposed to wait like five minutes or whatever before looking at it. I looked at it and, um, it was positive and I'm thinking in my head, okay, so there's no possibility of it happening after this date. So I have to be at least eight weeks along. So I called my doctor and they're like, okay, well, well, it wasn't even my doctor. It was my sister's doctor who gave me a referral. And she was like, okay, well, we typically wait until like 10 weeks for your, if you have, haven't ever had any issues. So I made the appointment 
um, we were basically trying to figure everything out at this point. Um, I went to, um, the ultrasound appointment a couple weeks later and they measured because I didn't have any idea when my last period was. And, um, because again, like I couldn't have gotten pregnant after my spotting. So before that I was like, I don't remember. I wasn't keeping track and I was on birth control. (laughs) So (laughs) again, I wasn't keeping track. I was 19. I was on the pill. So I had no idea. So we go in and I get an ultrasound and they're like, you're 13 weeks. (laughs) So I was through the whole first trimester and um, things don't wait things just happen when they're when when, act not even when they're supposed to just whenever just whenever they just happen so um uh brock and i had had plans that day to meet up so he could get a copy of our divorce decree and um he didn't show up yeah and she called me and was like where are you well i texted you or texted me and i just let her know that i wasn't coming and, and then, yeah, and then she called me and was like. I think I was texting you the whole time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And I just was like, are you going to come? And he was like, no, I'm not going to make it. And I was like, okay, well, I kind of wanted to talk to you. And Brock was like, okay, so talk. And I was like, well, I kind of wanted to talk to you in person. <laughs> <laughs> I knew then. I told her, I said, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Because I, I knew instantly I don't know how, I mean, I guess just because I knew you wouldn't have had me come any other way or, you know, or talk in person. Right. So I, in my head, I knew, I think I called actually my mom and told her that I think Courtney's pregnant. Are you serious? Uh I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. So, and things were not good with either of our families. Like, yeah, I'm sure your mom wasn't super excited to hear that and my family wasn't super excited when I told them I was pregnant. Um, but when I told him I was pregnant, I remember like vividly sitting in the front seat of his car and I handed him the divorce decree and the ultrasound at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, me like being uh, the person I am, like I instantly, I think got excited. Yeah. You were crying. Yeah. Like, Oh, we're ha- I'm having a baby. <laughs> And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, oh this shit, son oh, of shit, a oh, shit. Like, I don't know how why my mind works like that, but it's fine. It's a good thing now. Instant happiness. I was like, oh my gosh, a baby. Yeah, and so I was 19, really unsure of just like life in general. At 19, I wasn't sure like how much I really wanted to like keep this baby. I wasn't really sure. If I was capable of being a mother, well, Brock and I were like a shit show. I was thinking, I don't want to be attached to this person for the rest of my life. Um, So that was really, yeah, it was crazy. Like, I I don't even think like emotionally I could even go there at this point. But um, around like 20 weeks, I decided that I was going to keep her. And, um, I was going to do everything it took to be a good mom. I went and got a different job. I got my own apartment because at this time I was just living with my parents and, um, I still hadn't done anything yet to grow for 
Navy. Yeah. I was still partying, going to concerts, just doing my thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like something to be said just in general about pregnancy is like the moms like become a mom when they become pregnant and the dads like don't really become parents. Like it doesn't become real for them until like the baby's here. And I've heard that said by a lot of people. Yeah. Well, so, and whether you think that or not, other people might have different feelings, but right. But, some people feel that way. Right. Um, so the rest of the pregnancy, we didn't really talk. Um, Brock would check in. He would get updates here and there. Um, all these things. Again, I was just mostly working. I did slowly throughout the pregnancy start um, kind of figuring out that I, because I, I always knew that I was going to be there for my kid. Like I, I, that was one of my morals. So, and the few morals that I did have, I was real strong in them. And so like I knew instantly, that's why I was happy when she, I found out, like I knew instantly that I was going to be a dad and be there for my kid. And so I hadn't really yet started progressing as far as I was drinking and I was hanging out with friends, but I was starting to work and like I knew I had to do something. So like I started doing a little bit of changing, not much, but a little bit. Yeah. Um, so my water broke at 38 weeks. Um, and I literally stood up to go to the bathroom and I thought I peed my pants and I ended up driving myself to the hospital I was at a Tech Nine concert. <laughs> Tech Nine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tech Nine fans will understand. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so then, um, I was really, really torn um, because my family obviously was there at the hospital and was so pissed that I even was going to let Brock in the room. I think he sat out in the parking lot for a couple hours. While I was trying to like get six, the, while I was trying to get the guts <laughs> up to tell my family that I was gonna let Brock in, my phone and I seriously I remember because I I ended up falling asleep for like a couple hours right at the end and I woke up and my phone was at like two percent when Courtney called me I was like oh my gosh I'm so glad yeah so he ended up coming in and was there for her delivery she was perfect. Um, she was born the day before Brock's 21st birthday and he, or, and she, she's perfect. Like, I just remember her squishy little face. Like, I feel like I literally put in an order cause I was like, I want her to have his lips and my eyes and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, I felt like I had gotten an order back, um, of a baby. So she was perfect. And she honestly, she Navy changed my life, but she didn't change me. I know they say that having a kid will change you. You won't change until you make that decision to change. Whether you have a kid or not, the, a kid will definitely help give you a little kick in the ass. But for the most part, you need to make a decision to, to be a good person. Luckily, I had Courtney and Navy to like make me want to be a good person but I had to end up making that decision all on my own to be a good person for for myself, not just for Navy, not just for Courtney. Like I want to be a good person for me now. Right. Um, so Brock was working out of town at this time and he voluntarily gave me money every week. Like he, 
and this is the thing, like, I know that we're talking about a lot of rough things, but these are the things where I'm talking about, like, even though we were going through hard things, there were things still happening where Brock was trying to show up and trying to be a better person as he progressed. Like, he was giving me money voluntarily. Like, he... I mean, it wasn't through the state. It wasn't mandated. He just would give it to me every week. So he came back every weekend. Um, And I was still partying. Like, I'd come back, and I'd go and see Navy and Courtney for a couple hours, and then I'd go and drink, or I'd come and see her the day after when I was all hungover. And I remember, I mean, I remember going through some big changes in those moments because I, I felt like shit every time I left the house. Every time I'd leave. Left my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there was one time, Brock doesn't really remember this, but I remember it vividly. Um, We got in a fight and he was sitting on my couch and he was holding Navy and he wasn't really a very emotional person at this time, but he, um, he was holding Navy and I don't remember what sparked the fight, but I remember him saying... I realize that I've been a quitter and I've quit on everything in my life, but I'm not going to quit on her. And I mean, that still rings true to this day. Like he's always showed up as a dad, even if back then it was baby steps, it was still baby steps. So, um, I was asking him in preparation for this video, like, because there were times when we would talk and I would just, he would be like, I don't even remember conversations, but I would say, Brock, things are still the same for me. Like these things are still a big issue for me. Like we just need to be Navy's parents. Um, there were times he would send me pictures of sunsets <laughs> <laughs> or like he would send text messages like, something knocked over it's fine a toy um there would be times where he would be like oh I didn't want to leave like he'd send me a text and I I would just make it about navy and say oh yeah I know she's pretty hard to leave there was one time I literally just told Brock this navy's almost 10 (laughs) (laughs) there was one time Brock showed up and brought navy and myself some like flowers and stuffed animals for valentine's day And then I knew he was going to come back the next weekend. So I had to go and buy myself flowers and pretend like they were some from another guy. So Brock didn't think he was the only person who bought me flowers. (laughs) Um, That's so funny. (laughs) I don't even have a good enough memory to remember. So I don't even remember if I was bugged or not. That's so funny. But if I asked about him, I'm sure I was bugged. Oh, yeah. I think you were bugged because after that, you really started putting on the charm. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So at some point between like Valentine's Day and March, we like had talked and decided to get back together. I remember there was at one point Brock like just grabbed me and kissed me and I tried to not kiss him back, but don't tell him that, (laughs) (laughs) but it was, I don't know. Like I said, Brock was, has always just been like. I don't know. Like, I've always been drawn to Brock. So, anyways. Well, and and I honestly, Navy, and I think it started with Navy, but I don't think I really knew how to be authentic with my emotions 
I think I kind of used them for protection most of my life. And so being able to tap into that side of me has has been life-changing and the best thing that has ever happened for me because it's, it's really allowed me to be more myself. Right. Emotions are important. Totally. I agree. Um, so we got back together and things were really, really rough with both of our families. My parents weren't very, very happy. It was about a year um, before I even... Like, my family knew that we were back together and they were pissed, but um, it was about a year because I remember at Easter, um, one year I told Brock that I had to leave and go see my family, and it was, Navy was about a year old, so, and he was like, well, I want to be with Navy too, and I remember talking to my mom and basically being like, I can't have, like, these these two lives anymore um and she was like I'll talk to everybody and we'll try and get on the same page and at this point if you know my mom you know she's spicy at this point she had basically (laughs) she'd basically told Brock her very true feeling she didn't really hold anything back yeah well and both of us just didn't have a good relationship from the divorce I mean we we have a strong strong relationship now she's a mom to me so it really doesn't matter what we went through then. And also I understood, I understood that I had more trust to build with them, just like I had trust to build with Courtney. I, I, and I, and I knew the reason I said something to Courtney, I think this is important. You need to make sure that you, if you have something to say, you say it. Courtney could have taken that bad and been pissed off, but she understood that I was hurt. It wasn't that I was mad that they were going over there. I was sad. I was super sad that I wanted that relationship, you know? And so she seen that and talked to her family, you know? And so, right. So it was a really, really long process. Um, but over the course of the next, however many months or years, like they had seen Brock's progress and started to like soften towards him and, started to accept it I think um your family was I mean we had to have a couple conversations but they were more accepting yeah well and here's the thing I was I would I'll take the accountability and say I was definitely more in the wrong in our relationship so in in reality they didn't have much to be mad at Courtney about other than what she was controlling in their eyes you know what I'm saying that's that's kind of what they seen but when you're doing shit things, you need to be controlled. I'm not saying controlled, but reeled in a little bit. Courtney was helping me. She wasn't trying to control me. I see, that's what I seen back then too. I was like, oh, I can't hang out with my friends. This sucks. But she just loved me and wanted to, you know, help, help make me a better person. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And we were, it was all about progression for me. And And I think, too, like, this is also something that we learned in therapy. Like, control, like, that controlling tendency comes from, like, feeling out of control. So, like, when I was constantly being lied to or, like, different things like that, like, you kind of, you do, you do become controlling in Mm -hmm. a sense because you don't feel secure. And, um... And that's not ever okay. I'm not saying controlling, being controlling is justifiable, but um, there, 
there's like some psychology behind it is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and, and there's like we were, we've been talking about balance and all, all things like there's times where you do need to be controlling to somebody cause it will help them. You know, it right. helped me. Right. Right. Um, so we got back together. Um, when we got back together, I was working at a receptionist. Um, but I learned lashes when Navy was like six months old. Um, so it was shortly after we got back together. So I was working as a receptionist part-time and then I was working from home doing lashes and we were living in Brock's grandma's basement at this time. So, and I was still working at this time, but I was working to pay bills and party. Like, you know, it was, it was never about the future for me. Yeah. Um, so then Utah changed the regulations on lashes. So I had to go to aesthetic school. So that took me about eight months and I, um, graduated. Um, so then after I graduated school, we got our own place, we got remarried. And so we were progressing in life basically. And this is when I really started realizing how much alcohol was affecting my life. Um, I, and before, like, I think the realization, like we had gotten pregnant and I miscarried. Yeah. I was right around the same time. I think you're right. Yeah. And so I was, I was 12 weeks. We were obviously really sad. Um, I was getting DUIs. Yeah. Wrecking my cars. After that, you got a DUI. You guys, and seriously, I used to be one of those people that told myself when I was younger that I was okay to drive or whatever the fact, like whatever, whatever I told myself, it doesn't matter. You, you cannot put those people, other people's life in your hands when you're, you're drinking. And, and honestly, like there's, there's, I would just get rid of your keys when you're drinking. If you have any kind of hesitation to that at all, because there, there was a lot of times where I wrecked my car or, or done something that I, sh- I shouldn't have or just drove. I mean, driving drunk will never. It's not ever a good idea. It's never a good idea. And like, thank God that like nobody was ever hurt. Well, and I look back on that now, you guys, and I'm like, man, what in the hell was I thinking? I, I seriously, it's like. People don't realize it's it's sad because you don't realize the the bad things you're doing necessarily in your addiction. That doesn't give you an, an excuse because you still make decisions in addiction. Whether whether a drug is pushing you to make that decision or not, you still make that decision in the end, and you are still messed up for that. You need you have something to work on. Right. Not messed up, I should say, but you have something you're to work still on. Accountable you're still for accountable decision. for those decisions. But now, like I said, I look back on that. I would never would have even thought about that until I stopped drinking. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't an issue for me. Right. So please don't drink and drive. Yeah. Um, so after Brock got his second DUI, um, I got pregnant with our son, Arrow. Um, so our daughter was like, uh, like four at this time. Yeah, she mm-hmm. had just turned four. Um, and um, this is when we started marriage counseling. Yeah, this is when Courtney kind of put her foot down and was like, we need to go. Yeah, and I basically had made an appointment and said, you will be there. This And I basically started, I quit drinking right after um, 
therapy, we started utilizing the tools. We learned to argue, you know, so therapy did so many good things for our relationship in that moment right there. Right. And therapy um, is like a tool or resource. It's not... The goal of therapy is to work through your issues and not have to go anymore. So it's like, and that's what our therapist told us from the very beginning. He's like, listen, guys, I'm a resource for you. If you guys need, like, my goal is to get you to this point. So that way you don't have to come see me anymore. And then if you need to come see me every now and then to work through something, that's great. But my goal is to get you to where you don't need me. Yeah. So, well, and since then, you guys, our life has b- done nothing but improve in, in so many ways. Just me and Courtney learning how to get through an argument and learning that it wasn't about the anger, seeing through the emotion and seeing the what the person was feeling. And it, you know what I'm saying? That has really helped our relationship. Ever since that point, our relationship has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger, mainly because we, we, we want to work on these. I mean, I see that Courtney just wants to help me and she sees that I just want to help too. Right. So it's all about communicating. Like I remember in therapy, like we would talk and he would say, well, you guys are fighting about this level of a problem when you're not even like figuring out the foundation problem. And he drew like this fancy diagram that made it really easy to understand. Yeah. (laughs) And like one of the other tools that we learned in therapy is to like reenact fights, which kind of sounds silly, like talking about it, but we very much like, we kind of told you a little bit earlier, like we would get in fights and then not resolve them. Um, I was a runner. So we'd like get in a fight and I'd run away. Yeah. And so then our therapist would make us like when we were calm, reenact fights and then resolve it. And that's been a huge tool for us to like the point of where, if we do, we don't really argue that much anymore. We don't pointless argue, that's for sure. Yeah, and so if we do get into an argument, it there is a resolution. It, like, does, like, we work through the problem, and then we come to a conclusion. Both of us will apologize for what we did wrong because, like Brock said, like, you typically always have something. You have a part in it. Yeah, a part in it, and... So we've really learned to communicate, support, and encourage each other. Yeah. Um, so you guys, who you are isn't who you are when you're 18 years old. It's, it's who you grow into be. And so that, that, what's exciting is I still have so many flaws um, to grow, and so do you. And that should make you guys all excited. Yeah, you have limitless possibilities. And I kind of just wanted to end with, like, you can grow, you can evolve. It doesn't matter what you've done. You can always come back. And I know that sometimes that seems intimidating, but just know that, like, you can always progress and you can always, always choose to do better. Yeah, and and make sure you work on those healthy tools. Like, getting through those arguments is so important and seeing that, I mean, as long as it is a pure love and that person's only like goal is to make you better then you should take everything they say into account enable you to be better or to help you I i don't think you can ever make anybody do anything yeah but as long as it's like a supportive like healthy thing versus like a a negative 
whatever bringing you down thing i think that's important to like differentiate yeah well and also there's so much give and take in a relationship uh that you just you need to make sure that you're you're there for each other right 100 percent. so this is kind of a really quick overview of our relationship and we're gonna dive into in future podcasts like building like rebuilding trust or working through whatever problem or whatever as far as relationships go. So um, the podcast is Lashes Love and Life, right? So we're going to talk business, we're going to talk relationships, and then we're going to also talk about like personal growth and life. So here's just a quick overview of us. And so we're really excited to get to know you guys on a deeper level. Um, Our business Instagram is Lash Essential. Our podcast Instagram is Lashes Love and Life Podcast. My personal Instagram is Lash Essential Courtney. And mine's Mr. Essential, but it's m.r.essential. Yeah. And um, we would really love to connect with you guys on there. Um, please give us like a like or a subscribe or whatever it is on podcast. Share. Share. Um, just because we do love to connect with you guys. So we're really excited moving forward um, to just kind of grow with you. Yeah. Okay. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, you guys.